Because that's S H I T. That spells shit. We're aware, and I know that's fucking weird. But listen to this shit. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to shit. Uh, I'm going to be talking about codependency and feelings today and codependent feelings and feeling codependent. Um, first, I actually want to read to you an excerpt from the book called The Language of Letting Go. This is a book of daily meditations on codependency and it's written by Melanie Beattie. And I'm going to start off with that and then I'm going to discuss. Enjoy. It's okay to have and feel our feelings, all of them. Years into recovery, we may still be battling with ourselves about this issue. Of all the prohibitions we've lived with, this one is potentially the most damaging and the most long-lived. Many of us needed to shut down the emotional part of ourselves to survive certain situations. We shut down the part of us that feels anger, sadness, fear, joy, and love. We may have turned off our sexual or sensual feelings too. Many of us lived in systems with people who refused to tolerate our emotions. We were shamed or reprimanded for expressing feelings, usually by people who were taught to repress their own. But times have changed. It is okay now for us to acknowledge and accept our emotions. We don't need to allow our emotions to control us, neither do we need to rigidly repress our feelings. Our emotional center is a valuable part of us. It's connected to our physical well-being, our thinking, and our spirituality. Our feelings are also connected to that great gift, instinct. They enable us to give and receive love. We are neither weak nor deficient for indulging in our feelings. It means we're becoming healthy and whole. And then the little prayer is, Today I will allow myself to recognize and accept whatever feelings pass through me. Without shame, I will tune in to the emotional part of myself. Hello, my dear listeners, how are you today? It's middle of December, and I'm feeling okay. I'm also feeling really fucking gay. Uh, That classical music interlude was from the local uh, classical music station here in Pittsburgh. And um, it's so lovely to listen to it and sip my decaf coffee from Dunkin Donuts. I mean, I'm, I might as well be 75 years old. Um, I want to talk about feelings today. There's, there's going to be some other stuff that, that comes up as well, but I want to talk about feelings. You know, I read that this is that excerpt from Again, that's from The Language of Letting Go. 
Uh, these are daily meditations on codependency by the woman named Melanie Beattie, who is also the author of Codependent No More. And I'm going to be very honest with you and tell you that I haven't read Codependent No More yet, but I have the damn book. Um, what's so nice about this daily reader is that it's, well, it's slightly less, slightly, uh, it feels less committal just because, you know, it, it's easy to commit to reading, you know, a page or half a page a day. Um, cause I know that when I'm reading self-help stuff or, or stuff that's, that's going to get in my brain. I'm already so, you know, self-analytical and, um, I, I, I tend to, you know, overthink and, and overdo the mental health shit a little bit. So this daily reader is nice cause it, it kind of focuses on one thing and I can just say, oh, wow, you know, and I can kind of take that with me throughout, throughout my day. Whereas um, it, it, it's, it's basically like cutting up a book into tiny sections. Um, this is completely obvious. Anyway, let me explain to you a little bit more why I like a daily reader as opposed to a full book. <laughs> it's called ADHD. Um, this is actually the reading for today. Uh, at least the day that I'm recording this, uh, which is December 15th. And, you know, it's entitled Feelings. And it, and it talks about how it's okay to have our feelings. And there's so, there's so many layers that, that go into, um, you know, codependency. But, um, you know, if you feel like you have codependent tendencies, like myself, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that you have probably, like this excerpt says, learned to repress your feelings um, or, or shut down certain things. You know, it's like, it doesn't mean that you don't have feelings, but you know, like a there's, 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 there's not an acknowledgement of the feelings and then like a healthy work through, I would say, um, with, with codependent behavior. And, and it's so interesting how, how denial is such a, can be such a key component to all of this because I've been saying for years that I have so many feelings feelings and emotions and I have but when it comes down to I think accepting them number one I mean that's the first acknowledging them I guess I've always kind of acknowledged them but but I've never really accepted them you know I was it was always more like well I feel this way and it feels like shit I don't want to feel this way, you know, or I might blame 
another person for the way that I feel, but, but mostly I would say, I don't want to feel this way. This, this feels icky and, um, you know, when, when, when feelings aren't taught to be acknowledged and accepted and kind of, you know, worked through, you know, processed through and, 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 healthy ways. This is what we do. I mean, we, 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 we shut down, you know, and a lot of times people give the excuse, well, I don't want to feel like shit or I don't want to be negative or I don't want to be a Debbie downer. So why would I focus on this thing? Let me just move on to the other thing. You know, those feelings aren't, aren't really going anywhere. Um, they're, they're probably, they're probably creating a, a, a tumor filled with teeth and hair in your insides. I'm sorry, that is so disgusting. I don't remember what those are called, but those tumors, those weird, those things exist. And I just, it is one of the cringiest things I've ever heard. I'm so sorry if you've had one. Um, but these things, you know, these feelings go somewhere. So I, I just, I think it's important to relay that your feelings matter. I don't care. (laughs) I feel like I'm reprimanding you, listener. I don't care how uncomfortable they are. They matter. They really do matter. I mean, they're your own. They're your own feelings. And no, most of the time, you know, we don't, we don't want to feel like shit. Listen, sometimes people thrive on feeling like shit and, you know, and then they have a victim mentality and they want everybody to feel sorry for them. But, you know, I think it's fair to say that most of us probably don't want to feel like shit, but if we are feeling things, negative things, you know, anger, jealousy, uh, uh, resentment, fear, anxiety, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. If we're feeling these things, turning them off isn't making them completely disappear. And, and it usually creates, you know, layers and, and, and layers of, of, of feelings over time and, you know, and it can lead to other things. It can lead to illnesses and it can lead to resentments. It can lead to all sorts of shit, but more than anything, you're, you're, you're not having, you're not allowing yourself to have a, like a full experience, I think in your existence. That's, that's the thing with, with feelings. Um, because if you are turning feelings off, the negative ones, there is no way in fuck you are allowing yourself to experience the positive ones. It it doesn't work that way. It it just, it just doesn't, you know, being, being willing to, to fully feel goes both ways. It goes for everything. You know, it's just, you know, you can't have the good without the bad. You can't have the dark without the light, all that stuff. Obviously, we, we, we'd like more of a balance and to lean towards the positive, but negative feelings exist. 
And if you are someone who, you know, grew up in an environment where expressing your feelings were not encouraged or, or, you know, if that situation wasn't safe, we repress our feelings. And sometimes people, there's so many layers that go into being a human. You know, some people are more emotive than others, right? But whether or not someone is more emotive than another person, both of those kinds of people could have, you know, grown up in an environment where expressing your feelings was was not a, a safe thing for you to do. And I don't necessarily mean like physically safe, but feeling emotionally safe. You know, when we are feeling vulnerable, we, we want to be accepted because it, it's a terrible feeling to, to bear our, our deepest vulnerabilities and, and not be accepted for them or understood or any, anything like that. Um, but you know, some people are, I dare I say, some people live easier lives than others if they've learned, you know, uh, uh, having, you know, learned to not be able to express their feelings. Right. I, I, you know, I mean, okay. I'm just going to give an example here. Um, you know, I'm an actor, I'm a performer, I'm an artist, all of that shit. And, you know, we, as a group of people generally, uh, tend to be a little bit more expressive, tend to have, I would say more feelings. I, I know I'm generalizing, but I'm, you know, generally, gen- generalizations, um, sometimes just, just makes sense, right? There's, there's this, you know, and I could go on and I could make fun of myself and I could make fun of actors and say, you know, we, we just need attention. We need acceptance and whatnot. And, <clears throat> you know, and that's all, and that's all true. Uh, at the same time, I still, I, I do fully believe that, um, while we, we do, very much seek attention that, you know, you can still be in this, be in this career and love yourself without needing to have the acceptance, but just being okay with, with, with doing it anyway. Okay. If there's an engineer or, or, you know, or somebody who has a very maybe technical job and somebody who just isn't very expressive right? Somebody who doesn't seem to be very comfortable sharing their feelings. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they maybe grew up in a household where that wasn't valued, but that person is probably less likely to have issues not being able to express themselves. But what happens when you have somebody who really wants to express themselves and they don't know how, or they don't feel like they're going to be supported. So it's kind of like this weird energy, like this, this, this weird flow of energy that doesn't know what to do that creates kind of like this 
anxious, excited, but fearful and loving, all sorts of balled up emotions that are basically emanating from this tumor with teeth and hair. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm basically describing myself here, um, listener, that that's, that's, that's what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly kidding, but you know, I do have a lot of, I do have a lot of feelings and you know, what's, what's so interesting about, about feelings when it comes to, uh, codependency. Cause here, you know, here I am talking my ass off about, about feelings and expressions of feelings and whatnot, but you know, it, it gets extra, it gets extra complicated when we have a lot of feelings and we, we don't allow ourselves to express them or we don't allow our needs to be met. And, you know, and, and it gets even more difficult when we have people in our lives, loved ones, could be romantic, doesn't have to be, it could be anyone who, you know, our mental well-being is kind of based on how that person is doing, you know, kind of like not really knowing where you begin and the other person ends, you know, um, this is obviously, you know, commonly seen in, you know, addiction and and whatnot, but, you know, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, if there's an individual that has like really unhealthy behaviors or, you know, you know, has a a reckless behavior or or something or a lot of shit going on. I have found that there is is usually often another person kind of behind the scenes trying to like help that person, keep that person afloat. Uh, In other words, um, kind of make sure they don't get into deep shit right? They feel responsible for the well-being of another person or people and can't function or rather, you know, they get their self-worth from being a caretaker to another person. And I don't mean a caretaker as in, you know, somebody taking care of an elderly person towards the end of their life. I mean, you know, I, I've mentioned this before. I attend Al-Anon meetings. Um, you know, Al-Anon is a, is a, it's another 12 step program, uh, that I attend in addition to marijuana anonymous, um, cause I'm fucking cool. And, <laughs> and, you know, Al-Anon is for, is, is, is essentially was created for the loved ones of those who have alcoholism because you know you've got the disease of 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 alcoholism or addiction but then a lot of times you know there will be loved ones or one or or whatnot who are deeply deeply affected by somebody else's issues now if you have a loved one who's suffering of course you're going to be affected 
by another person's issues. Why? Because it, it'll probably hurt because you love the person. You don't want to see the person go down a shitty path. You don't want to see your loved ones suffer and all of those things. But but where is where is a boundary, right? If you feel like, well, I have to do this for this other person because they can't do it themselves. Well, you get into a whole bunch of other stuff here, which is, you know, enabling, which is where, you know, you, you think you're helping someone, but, but really you are enabling them to continue on with their behavior because they kind of have you to sort of fall back on, you know? Um, I mean, think about, think about a parent with their, with their child. Um, you know, if like you're, you know, you've got a toddler and they're, you know, you have to be careful about, you know, where they're walking, make sure they don't fall downstairs. You know, you're, you're keeping the, an eye on them because you don't want them to get hurt. Right. But, you know, uh, but on some, on some level, I mean, this is, this is a little different here. We're talking about, you know, a child and like, you know, the physical safety and, you know, little kids especially need guidance, but, you know, at some point, but what you can't do is, you know, you can't carry the child around in your arms all the time. You have to let them get down on the floor and, and crawl and, and try to walk. And you know what? They are going to bump their head and they are going to fall sometimes. And that's just like that, you know, with, with adults. Um, and what what's funny about codependency is that I mean, I've had my denials with it because codependency doesn't look like just one thing. There, there are so many different ways than it can look. But, you know, it, the common denominator usually is that you get your own sense of self-worth and, and um, sense of well-being from taking care of another person's stuff. Because it, you know, you're too uncomfortable. It's too unsettling. You don't have any peace within you knowing that this other person is doing a certain thing to themselves or not taking care of themselves. But you can't find any peace in that. You can't find any peace with yourself because you feel like you have to try and basically save another person. And... So again, you know, this can come from addiction. This can come from all sorts of shit. It doesn't always have to be addiction. It, it can come from, you know, simply witnessing chaos in your household growing up or in your life or, you know, it can come from a lot of different places. For me, when I started dating, you know, even as a teenager, I, I, I didn't, really have the word yet, you know, codependency, but, but I, I remember feeling like I needed to help the person that I was with. Like, you know, I needed to kind of save them. I needed to save them from themselves, essentially. And what I have learned over the years, but especially in the last just under two years since I started attending Al-Anon, which I got into because one of my close friends, the same friend who actually gave me this daily, daily reader of the language of letting go, um, you know, this friend who suggested that I 
try Al-Anon because I had just gotten out of a relationship and we were talking about codependency and she recognized some of that in me as we were talking and, you know, and she's had some herself and, and whatnot. And, and I was like, sign me up because, you know, it, it's true. I, I, you know, my last relationship a couple years ago, it was such a great relationship. It was so growth inducing, but I was so, I was, I became so aware, um, of, of how attached to, you know, a, another person's behavior I, I was, you know, like I, you know, this was probably the first relationship that I had been in as an adult where I felt like the person I was with was fully kind of independent and able to take care of themselves. And there were certain things that I wanted to, you know, still control, you know, you know, trying to control another person's behavior because, you know, you don't like the way it's making you feel. Well, you know, this is, this is a tricky subject too, because, you know, if the person is severely mistreating you, you know, you have to be able to feel, you know, intuitively and understand, you know, this, this might not be healthy for me at all. I need to get the hell out of here. Right. Especially if it's an abusive relationship, doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional or whatnot, but you know, all relationships, whether it's romantic or not have, you know, there's a gray area. It's not going to be perfect. People are always going to do things that we don't like. But the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in recent time, like I said, I think mostly, mostly from going to Al-Anon, um, is that when we have a lot of issues with other people, that usually means we're, something is being reflected back to us. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to overanalyze it and, and, and figure out what exactly that maybe we're seeing in another person that we, you know, think that we might have ourselves or, or, or whatnot. The, the, the biggest thing that I've learned is, okay, I get so aggravated when this person does this thing. It's bothering me. It won't stop bothering me. And, and you know, that could be if you have a roommate, it could be if you have a spouse, a girlfriend, boyfriend, parent, any of this shit. Again, the biggest thing that I've learned is that I need to change something within myself. I don't really know what, but I'm so focused on the behavior of another person. I can't control the, the behavior of another, another person. I, I can't do it. And getting to a point where I can, I can, say and believe that it is not my responsibility to um, take care of another person. And, and, and just to be clear, you know, I, I can still love another person and be concerned about another person and deeply care for someone and be there for them, right? But, you know, if I am doing this for another person while sacrificing my own needs 
or feelings, you know, something that should, that it, that's your indicator that something is off. So like, for instance, if I have a friend who's going through, um, a lot of shit, a lot of shit. I mean, hell, look, I was that friend just this past year when I was going through my anxiety and depression after getting off of my meds. Um, thankfully I got back on. Thank you, Zoloft. Um, once again, this is being sponsored by Zoloft. It's not, they don't need sponsored. That shit is that they give that shit out like Tic Tacs, but guess what? It works. (laughs) Um, I lost my train of thought. I was that friend. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that, um, I was a huge burden to somebody, but I'm pretty damn sure that out of, you know, all the close friends that I have that, you know, that experienced my deep anxiety and depression at some point over this, you know, this year, earlier this year, um, I, I, you know, I'd be willing to bet that I'm sure someone in my life felt responsible for how I felt and wanted to be able to help me and save me. And, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And, um, and, you know, even if it's not super, um, obvious, even if it's subtle, where the, well, these kinds of behaviors, you know, m- me doing this for other people. Okay. Wait, let me, let me go back to the example that I was just telling you. Okay. So, you know, if you have a friend who is going through some really hard shit, um, you want to, you probably want to be there for your friend, right? But let's say your friend is going through some really hard shit. And for some reason, you are inclined to believe that you are the only friend that they really have, or that you are the only person who can help them or that they listen to or that this or that, or do you know what I mean? Something is off. Now, it is important to know that you can be patient with yourself. If you do feel like you're, you're, you, you have codependent behaviors, being gentle and patient with yourself is key always. You know, you love and care about a person that is complete. That is, first of all, that's beautiful and it's noble that you want to help them. And again, you know, these are lessons I've learned over the years. However, you still have your life to live, you know, your life can't be based around somebody else's well-being. And, and and this is why like addiction and things like that gets so crazy because, you know, if you're married to someone or you're living with someone and, you know, you really care about them and you want them to be okay, but you're not okay unless they're okay. Well, you're, well, you're not, you're not okay. Even if they are okay, because you're, you're still you know what I mean? That's like this conditional circumstance. We can't control other people's behaviors. We can absolutely give them advice. We can offer them support. We can lend them an ear. We can give them a hug. <sighs> well, not if it's in a fucking pandemic, but you know what I mean. Um, by the way, I have given hugs in the pandemic with a, a, a couple select people who 
we held our breaths. That's so ridiculous. But anyways, um, you can be there for another person without completely just sacrificing your, your own well-being and needs, you know? I mean, this, this also applies, you know, you don't have to be going out on a limb for a friend, you know, to be codependent. I mean, you might have somebody in your life who's going through some shit and, you know, they have a lot of stuff that they want to say and get out and it's probably, maybe it's really heavy shit and you want to listen to them. Well, that's great. You don't have to listen to them for three hours. You know, they might have eight hours of, 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 of shit to get out and, and, you know, a lot of emotions that, that you don't need to take on yourself. You can still be there for another person, but if, if you're, you know, trying to create a new reality for another person, you're doing yourself a serious disservice. And, and maybe that doesn't make sense yet because you're not used to putting your feelings into the picture, into the forefront. You know, maybe you're used to only taking care of other people and you don't know how to take care of yourself. That's okay. That's a lot of us. I mean, I felt like my entire life, I feel like I have been revolving my existence around my relationships with, with my friends and, and, and family. And, and, you know, I'm, listen, I'm very happy to say that the majority of my friendships over the years have been really wonderful you know, but there would always be one or two that became very codependent. And if that person wasn't happy or wasn't, you know, or not doing well, I mean, I wasn't either. And, you know, and, and look, people will, will say that that's empathy. And of course it is too. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that you're, you're going to be able to turn off your feelings for everybody else and just focus on your own. But there's got to be a bit more of a balance you know, um, and again, you know, this, this applies to people who, who feel like they probably have some codependent behaviors. You don't have to be extremely codependent. It can just be a little bit. And these might just be good reminders. Um, and, and these things, you know, me saying all of this stuff, you know, maybe it, maybe it helps as a reminder or, or maybe, you know, you didn't really consider this stuff before and maybe this could be helpful. And, and just so, you know, you're aware, it is absolutely possible to change our realities. It is absolutely possible. It doesn't mean we have to, you know, physically leave a certain situation or, or move to a new country or do all sorts of new shit. I mean, new processes take time. But if you feel like you haven't acknowledged um, your feelings, you know, because you're afraid of, of what they might look like, or you just don't want to go there, or you don't think that you're worthy, you are so worthy and, and you absolutely deserve to live a life full of joy and to be able to have needs and it's, I know that it can be hard to hear for some people because you don't want to put your, your needs first. I, I am actively learning how to express 
my needs. And, and sometimes I think, man, am I really expressing my needs or am I just, oh, or are they just kind of being met now, you know, or have I, you know, separated from some people in my life who, um, not fully separated, but, you know, I, I do find that I, you know, I, there are fewer, fewer, uh, continual relationships that I seem to have with people, you know, because there are certain relationships where I don't maybe get enough positive experience, you know, that aren't really doing much for me. doesn't mean that I don't love a person, you know, if somebody that you care about and that you deeply love, um, adds more stress into your life than joy, it's just something to consider. That doesn't mean you have to cut, cut them out, but it, it means that at some point when you are ready in your process, you will want to take a look inside of yourself and say, self, uh, I think I've been ignoring you for a really long time like a really long time. And I don't really know what to do or how to do this, but I do know that I want to feel better. I don't know. Cause there's just like a lot of shit. I don't even know. I don't even know how to feel. I'm, I'm always frustrated, but I don't even know what, I, you know, that's the thing. Again, these, these feelings don't, they don't really go, they don't really go anywhere. They stay with us somewhere. There's a lot of layers to this shit. Um, I hope this was kind of helpful. I hope this was helpful. Um, I am very actively, you know, still experiencing codependent feelings. Um, and, you know, again, just like anything, you know, when we're so used to functioning a certain way, it takes time. It takes time to change habits. It is fully possible though, you know? And one last thing I want to emphasize when it, when it comes to our feelings, just, just know that you are not your feelings. You, you have feelings, feelings, you know, come through you, you feel them, but you are not your feelings. You are your own separate being and you are fully capable of learning new ways to acknowledge and validate your feelings. And it, it doesn't mean that you have to, or that you're going to walk through life, you know, an emotional wreck all the time. But when you start letting yourself experience certain feelings, it's really like a muscle, you know, you're just kind of practicing it. And then you, you start recognizing new behaviors and all that stuff. So I just want to say that wherever you are in your journey of life, you are deeply loved you are deeply loved. And if you disagree with that, I'm going to tell you something right now. 
your inner being or your higher self or whatever the hell is that that inner spirit in you that you believe ultimately is good that being loves you and by you I mean the ego because you know we're like seven different fucking people here um (laughs) uh and that's that's uh, I'm gonna leave it there thank you for listening to this this rambling I, I hope it was helpful I I I I love you guys I hope you have a beautiful week um it's cold as shit in Pittsburgh right now uh, I'm in my car at the park the sun has gone down my windows have fogged up because I've been breathing breathing heavily in this in this car and it's and it's cold but you know what everything is dandy I am embracing the cold I hate the cold, but I am embracing it just little by little. Okay, I love you. Bye. That self help ideas and thoughts with Bethany. That was a good ending, you dickhead. <laughs>